You're listening to Legends Cast, a proud member of the Camp Legend Podcasting Network. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash camplegend. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, season four, the starter set. I am one of your hosts, Mark or the Lip from outside of Pittsburgh, PA. And with me today, I am my legendary and ever equal co-host, Dead Rope Nerd, and my eternally optimistic and catastrophically creative co-host, Gibbles in Bits. Guys, it's good to be back in the Riverside studio, talking card games and talking duelist. A uh, much needed break for me from the Destiny 2 legendary camp and grind. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So, which we can record a podcast about, but we won't because Gibby's we, we better not. Yeah, yeah, Gibby's going to start playing it's it dangerous. tomorrow, and we just want to, you know, let him learn it on his right, own. Right, right. Um, oh yes, yes. Uh, but hey, we're here in the studio. Glad to be back recording, talking about Duelist Two. Gibby, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well, man. It's a rainy and windy. I feel like I'm in the middle of a hurricane here in Memphis uh, today. Mm-hmm. We're getting hit with all sorts of storms and things, which. Uh, I'm glad I can just stay indoors and that I work from home and that we can record on a nice lunch break. So I've got all sorts of things around me. I've got my coffee. I've got my games. I've got some work to do. Let's not forget about the work. But, you know, it's, it's we're having a nice balanced Friday. I, uh, of course, been playing uh, Destiny as well, uh, and I'm stuck on the final boss. Uh, so that's rough. It's a hard knock life, uh, yep. especially when getting knocked off platforms constantly. Boop, uh, boop, boop, man. Con- yeah, I hope I'm, I'm we'll share the, our experiences soon, Mark. Uh, compare notes. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been rough. I, I think I spent about three hours trying to beat the the final boss uh, and I didn't beat it. I got so close multiple times before getting booped off a ledge and going, gosh, dang it. Like I got I to melee to phase today. Uh, I got to when the platform gets smaller and I have to go and uh, fight him while he's got his swords out. So, yeah, it's it's rough. But I will say that despite the Destiny hype, uh, I have also been playing Duelist, and I've been really liking it. And it's uh, Gibby said this when we were talking before the uh, uh, before the the start of the recording. He was like, "It's in my head. It's in my brain." Uh, he's like, "I'm not grinding it. I'm not like, but it's in my brain." And I was like, "That is the perfect way to put it." I I think about it. It pops up in my head. I'm like, you know what? Let me let me jump on and just play a couple rounds of Duelist. And it's crazy because I think that it has the same sort of mental level of stimulus as not the same in terms of like, it's not even as difficult, but it is similarly challenging and requires the similar level of focus as the as the um, L5R that mm. Gibby and I used to play. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, the games aren't like blazingly fast. Now, fortunately, they're a little faster than L5R, but um, they're definitely like fully full attention you have to put your full attention into it which i think you know when you play at hearthstone or even sometimes marvel snap although i think that that one's so fast you kind of do have to pay attention there's little bite-sized chunks you can kind of like check out you know here's something oh okay and then you know but i tried to i tried to like watch a youtube video while playing duelist and i realized i was doing one or the other but not both i couldn't do both at the same time um but what's cool about that is it's had me like dialed in so that i go wow that game was really interesting because this, that, and the other happened. I'm like fully engaged. So mm-hmm. it's a little, uh, I don't like grinding it. In fact, I, I'll, after like three or four games, I'll go, okay, that's enough of that. Uh, yeah, it, you it's, know. it's, there's some mental exertion yeah, involved yeah. in it for sure. 
but like when but like when you rotate through multiple games in like your daily life as as natural gamers as we mm-hmm. do like we have probably like a half a dozen um at times main games that as i put are in our head that we're like thinking about or like we'll we'll pop in and play and something like that um you get this almost like i don't say euphoric but like an energy rush when you're thinking about you're like yeah that sounds really fun to play like I, what do i want to play right now like i feel like i want to play some sort of game maybe give myself a little bit of a break from work or um, after i get done work like what do i want to play I'm going to play something and you think about the games and you're like, Oh, that sounds really fun. I could really do that right now. Duelist has made its way into my, that category for me where it is one of the games that gives me like happy vibes to think about booting up and, <laughs> yeah. and playing a couple games of at minimum. So you're like, Oh, that, that would be really challenging. I wonder if I could do that today. Like, I wonder how well I'll do. Maybe I can try this. Like I, I'm thinking about it, it over like while I'm doing other things. So it's, I've been really enjoying it. Yeah, man, it's a it's a fun game. This week, I've not had as much time to play it as last week, just because you know my gaming time is limited, and so some of it was taken up by Destiny. And as you can hear in this podcast recording, I'm also lucky enough to be sick right now, uh, and so my <laughs> I've been spending a little bit more time uh, on the couch and a little bit less time at my PC. Which I will say before we get into it, um, the one thing that is a little difficult for me with Duelist has been the fact that I can't play it on my phone. I don't think I recognized how much gaming, card gaming specifically, I really truly do do from a mobile device. Um, Now, Mm -hmm. different games, that has been less or more of the case. Um, And I don't think it bothered me. I didn't even notice it with Inscription because Inscription wasn't the type of game that you sat down to, you know, grind a few games on or something right you didn't do it in a break it was like long sittings last month and i did it all while streaming so i didn't even consider playing it on my phone but not having access to duelist on my phone which i i understand why they don't and i understand why this particular company that's reproducing you know this game is duelist 2 you know hasn't invested the resources in making this into a mobile app as well but i have noticed less of an opportunity to play it because when i've sat down at my pc oftentimes i've been working or there's more variety available on my pc than there is Mm -hmm. uh on my phone right it's kind of like this or snap on my phone if if this was on my phone so right yeah i I didn't want to get too far into it because um, but I think this is probably one of the only competitive card games that we're likely to review this year that you also cannot get on your phone. Maybe there's a couple more in this sort of like niche hidden game category that we're going to do throughout, you know, every three months that will be like that too. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. And, and like I have at times gone, boy, I wish I could play this on my phone. And then I gone, well, maybe not. I, I, it's crazy, but I, I think games that i can play on my phone i have gotten burnt out on faster the mm-hmm. the effort that it requires me to go boot up my computer uh and play the game on there i think it take puts me in a different headspace you know what i mean like interesting uh it's like going to the card shop to play you know l5r like you, it's just that simple separation of like i don't have immediate access to it and if i had immediate access to it i might boot it up and play and then like it's I don't know, man. I can't even really explain it, but I think just, you know how they say, um, don't put, um, like, don't bring your work 
into <laughs> like you know your your bedroom don't put a desk in you know in in the same room that you rest right mm-hmm, sure. the idea being like your brain wants to separate those spaces and you will ha- you will be able to focus better on work when it's in a workspace and you'll be able to rest better when you're in a resting space and making those barriers in your brain is important and i i weirdly have been like feeling like when i come into my little recording hidey hole in my apartment where I, you know i i boot up the game there it's been a wow this is my gaming space and my recording space and then when i step out i kind of leave that in that area i don't know it works for me and weirdly because it's not on my phone i think i've been enjoying it more okay oh that's yeah. interesting yeah maybe just like less prone to get burnout on it which is obviously yeah. a good thing with any card game because card games are, are prone to burnout right like you just they can play be too many games in a row and i especially, agree especially guys okay well especially when you when you're not playing across from somebody you know the social component's not there right, right? Yeah. it's only the mental stimulus and so then like that becomes easier to get tired of and go, I need something new. I need a new fix. But when it becomes a community driven thing, that's when you can really, that's why you can go to the same card shop for five years. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and play the same game and because it's about the people. And I miss that. I've been realizing I miss that a lot from mm-hmm. digital card games. And so, you know, well, it's I don't know if there's a solution, said, but it's interesting that you said there's, you don't have a social component. It's just the mental stimulation and um which is obviously true of, of all digital card games for the most part sure. but in except for the emoting uh so much community has developed over the emotes um yeah but, well yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but this this brain this game does do that if if there's a place that i've just thought about it over the last you know week two weeks we've been playing it or whatever um that it does do something very well is there is a part of the brain that it activates that fully engages you in a way that is pretty compelling. Like you're, you're just never really bored. I feel like Um, you're, and I, I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's just the shifting between the cards that you have replacing cards to draw new ones, positioning on the board, and then the actual movement and attack. That whole process is, is a very, it's very satisfying. Yeah. I found it just to be very satisfying. And so uh, I I just, I, I don't know. It's like, I, I feel like this way with Tessel back when we played that, that one of the reasons that game was like my favorite card game to play, at least at the time, was because there was something that like my brain just worked with it really well. And I felt not exhausted afterwards and not anxious afterwards. And sometimes in card games, got to be on the edge of my seat i'm chewing the inside of my mouth just because i don't even realize that i'm doing it i'm just nervous to see who's gonna win or whatever and i don't really get that with this game um it is it just seems i don't know it's really hard to describe isn't it like the brain function that you feel like you get out of this and how good it feels i've just had a good feeling from playing it you know what i think is is interesting and i there are some so it's funny i think there are some situations in this game i I think this game is way closer to hearthstone um than i originally thought it was and that um any other the games that we've either reviewed or played have been i think this is actually 3d hearthstone Mm. like and i'm i can't i'm i can agree with that more and more i'm like the balance of the cards the way the cards interact uh like this the power scaling of the cards is very similar um the the reality is like 
you and also like the tempo shifts right like you can you absolutely play this game or you can play this game in a way that's like build tempo build tempo build tempo right and snowball a board um but a lot of the strategies also there's like these you know uno reversal situations where they have these weird combinations of removal from hand and all of a sudden the board's flipped back to square one right but of course you know you've got your 25 health and you're working with it as best you can like it it is literally 3d hearthstone but actually i love it because that's what hearthstone was missing is you know outplay potential as opposed to what do they have from hand right and so weirdly um whereas hearthstone when i would lose to some random thing from hand i would get frustrated and when i lose to um something random from hand here because the game is i think spread out a little bit more your positioning is still an influencing factor on whether or not you could play around that um or potentially whether or not you're able to rally from that hey you know okay they they destroyed the big thing i was building up or they cleared two of the my you know minions and now they have board tempo back do i have i positioned my general in such a way that i can backpedal and rebuild my board state how much can i can i literally leverage my general's health over a couple turns in order to rebuild tempo with some minions you know mm-hmm. what i mean and like there feels like the ability where like you know sometimes in tesla you'd get that you know prophecy piercing javelin it would be like well now i just lose right and i'm sure that when you get to really high levels of play there are components of that but it is so much more muted here because of the you know board positioning um and what it can allow you to do to circumnavigate you know uh a, a like i've had so many games where i've been able to position my generals in really tight areas because i saw that they were reestablishing board control but i knew that i had some rush you know minions from hand and an item that i could slap on my general to finish off the general by avoiding and not confronting their army of <laughs> jabronis you know what i mean sure. so uh i i just yeah that's been a really cool element for me that's made me kind of come back in and want to sink my teeth into it a little bit more than i think i probably otherwise would yeah yeah anything you want to add into that gibby about you know you're playing some duelists this week before we talk about the week two subject built in a collection yeah i've i've been enjoying it i've started to make in similar comparisons to ian and that it almost feels very hearthstoney um in maybe some of the out of game pieces of of it before like before you even boot up a match like it, it does feel very uh similar in and we'll get into some of this when you're talking about like collection pieces and like trying to build the deck and some of the pacing and things like that um but yeah i we've i, I mentioned this last episode i think maybe the biggest difference is just the lack of rng and mm-hmm. it feels I don't know. It feels better. Like I'm always a fan of having some elements of RNG because I do think it is exciting and kind of it can be spicy. But I also I think the more games that I've played, not necessarily the longevity of an individual game, but it does play into that. But more the more games that I've played, the more I've seen how RNG from a developer standpoint, they're like, what's one more RNG tool in the game? And the next thing you know, half of your cards are RNG and it just becomes a <laughs> snowball mechanic. So the fact that there isn't Saran exists now. Right. So the fact that there's like almost no RNG associated in these cards, like I that makes me a little bit happier that I feel like the longevity before they could possibly and potentially, if they ever did introduce that, get to a point where it becomes a problem is good. 
like there's there's a longer period where I think it'll be acceptable before it gets out of hand. Um, though the one thing I think I I think I'm realizing though is and maybe I'll undermine I'll save that conversation for for our 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 week two topic. Okay, so let's jump in. So week one when we talk about these competitive card games is a quick overview, new player experience, and week two is. Kind of like, hey, what has it been like in our process of building a collection? Now, obviously, we've not finished a collection in Duelist 2. Uh, we don't have the funds to, you know, pour hundreds of dollars into a game every month uh, to make sure that we finish a collection. So keep in mind that this isn't a full understanding of what it is like to build a collection, but it is an understanding of what it feels like to build a collection in a game over the course of a couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, that's usually enough for us because we we've played a good many card games and so we understand you know looking forward what that collection you know will be like and how that's going to build out so really quickly to just go over if you've played other card games things like if you have been following us since the elder scrolls legends and played that game if you've played um hearthstone if you've played i'm trying to think of like the other games that were kind of like in that early genre of digital card games that sort of kept this system but those are the two that come to mind. Um, you have uh, making up a deck. You can have think, up to three copies of each card, and you have the ability to open packs by purchasing them or completing quests to gain gold and you know getting more packs. You can you know get a pack or so a day, which I do think is a little bit more than what you could get in other games, probably, um, or at least Hearthstone. Um, because we've, we've drawn a lot of comparisons to that game. And then you have the ability, if you get more than three copies of a card, which is possible, you can disenchant or destroy one of those cards and get basically their essence out of it, which in this game is called spirit. And then if you collect enough spirit, you can use that spirit to collect, uh, you know, build other cards. So, um, I'm, you know, there's a lot of different things that you like if i go back here uh, i can go over what it would look like to craft something so for example uh, a rare card is going to cost you 100 spirit uh, an uncommon it's the reverse order i should have gotten in is 40 spirit an epic card is going to cost you 350 spirit um which is a pretty good chunk and then the legendary cards the you know orange ones those are going to cost you nine hundred spirit and then on top of that you do have the ability to play each faction up a handful of levels and when you level up those factions it will give you orbs which are basically card packs um spirit orbs that you can use to unlock cards specific to that faction so if you play you know magmar for example uh, as you level up magmar uh, you will get some packs but then you'll also get magmar specific packs which doesn't seem to have exclusively magmar cards in it it has magmar and neutrals in it but it is um weighted pretty heavily towards uh the faction that you're leveling up so if you find a faction that you like and you're playing it you will be able to build the collection for that faction a little bit faster so there it is open packs craft cards level factions seems to be the three primary ways uh if you are a free-to-play player um, in order to get cards in this game and then of course uh like all games there's also an in-game shop and they'll let you use that in-game shop to purchase packs so for example um for four orbs um which is going to cost you 500 shards um that is going to cost you five dollars uh usd so five bucks for four packs, you figure what a buck twenty-five a pack of cards, basically in this game. Might be a little bit cheaper the more shards that you buy, but at base level, a buck twenty-five a pack of cards, which for a digital card game seems 
a little steep to me, um, theoretically. Um, they do also sell a lot of skins and bundles and emotes. Uh, but let me let me quit talking and hand off uh, before my throat uh, just literally quits and shuts down and I have to take it out and get a new one. Um, I'm going to toss things over to, to DBN. Uh, DBN, what's your card collecting journey kind of been like in all of this? And I am curious to see if any of us actually spent money on the game as well. Uh, <clears throat> well, to, for the for the latter part, uh, simple question. No, I, I have not spent any money yet. Uh, I, I'm not against it. I just don't know what I need to, what I would need to spend money on yet. If that makes sense. No, I think that does. You know, so I, I'm just sort of uh, makes total been sense. Taking things at my own pace. Um, I uh, my card collecting journey has been interesting in that, like, I in, in because I like I want to learn to play the game. And the best way that I, when I approach games or or just anything, when I'm trying to learn something new, I try to limit the variables. And so I've really only played, outside of just unlocking the other factions, I've only played Magmar. I played one or two games because I pulled a legendary, uh, a couple legendaries for Vanar, which is like the ice people. So I played a couple games with that, um, but I've mostly been playing Magmar for mostly just because it's there they are stat stick characters um and so i'm sitting there like well maybe i just play this kind of like i used to play mid-range hunter in hearthstone and um try to out position everyone as opposed to like you know i know there's other factions that are like oh i'm gonna blast your stuff apart um like more like control mage and, and 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 i this could be completely out of whack but typically i prefer to learn the game by playing board centric decks because i feel like it teaches good fundamentals right mm-hmm. so that's why i picked magmar it seemed like a good fit to be able to like okay positioning matters where i place these things matter because of trading so like how can i so like learning the game that way um what's cool is that i have uh done I've done some crafting. Uh, almost all of it has been uh, in support of my, you know, being able to expand my uh, magmar collection, options sure. and collections. And so um, I haven't crafted any legendaries yet, but fortunately I've pulled two copies of Slithar Elder, which is the seven mana, just probably overkill. I don't think he'll ever be like, I, I don't know. Maybe he's like super meta, but he does it's on, on the surface. He seems really slow. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh but he's really cool so i i have a couple copies of him you know crafted up a card that i think is supposedly really really strong which is the spirit harvester that does two damage to all other minions at the end of the turn and so been you know i've got i've got one deck that is um the actually i was building with gibby just before this which is like all about the spirit harvesters and like turning enemy things into eggs so that then they get mm. killed by the harvester at the end of the turn and fun things like that um, and then the other one is just more like, you know, using the grow and the rebirth mechanics to just try to snowball a board. Um, and it's been really fun. I've also pulled a good amount of legendaries, which is like so unlike me uh, to to pull a bunch of legendaries. Um, I don't know if that's something that like is like the if the rates of pulling these things are more common than in other games. I don't know. I haven't pulled any at all. If that gives you any, you've pulled any no indication. legendaries. Granted, I probably have opened less spirit orbs than you have at this point, but no, I have not pulled any. Legendaries. That's crazy. I've pulled a bunch. That's interesting so, because I've pulled several. 
Stop I, taking yeah. my duelist luck, everybody. I need <laughs> well, some legendaries. This is just this is this is called equity. Uh, given no. all the other games, <laughs> it, it just it felt like to me initially, and I was going to bring this up in my card collecting journey, but it has felt like you. It, it feels like legendaries drop at a higher rate in yeah. this game than what they have in others. But but now Gibby says he hasn't gotten any, so maybe I'm wrong. I have a I have a a shiny legendary already so do i i got a prismatic legendary yeah is that what they're called prismatic or yeah or... uh, that's what someone in my chat called them you know they're oh. they're rain they're rainbowy or whatever yeah whatever i i have yeah i have a i have I a shiny was a thing uh, yeah well if you look close they're not super i think that the prismatic effect could be a little better if i'm being nitpicky uh it's but... hard to tell that they're even a little hard to honest. tell it's got a sheen over it and some like you know Ooh. it looks foil it looks holographic you know what i mean um but like compared to like Gwent, where like it's full on animated, like you know, um, yeah, I got uh, uh, this card called Pado, which I have no idea what it does, but it's a seven mana airdrop jabroni that's a legendary and he's shiny. And he just, I'm like, dang, that's pretty cool. So, so you just get to um, drop a legendary anywhere on the board. Got it? Yeah, yeah. So I think I've pulled uh, seven legendaries so far. Okay, definitely six. I think I might have pulled seven if I go looking at the classes I haven't played. But anyways, yeah, not bad. Uh, so so far, like I said, um, the crafting is affordable enough, especially for like the rares and commons that you can build out that collection pretty quick. Yeah, uh, that's really interesting that you've gotten seven. I think I've probably got four and I got one prismatic so far, um, which uh, I, felt, I thought was pretty good. What was that? One prismatic anything? Uh, I think I have two prismatics, but I have one prismatic legendary card. Mm, I see. Yeah. But I, I have, I have, I have several prismatic total. non-legendaries, um, but I think I've played more than either of you. So I'm just going to bet on that. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think that's accurate. I believe that you have as well. Um, maybe, yeah. maybe Gibby is behind the curve just because of bad luck but maybe uh, i just need to catch up maybe i just need to play a little bit more and and focus on some of the missions instead of trying to just being in game and maybe i'll maybe i'll come across some legendaries because i don't think i have any legendaries i don't think i have any prismatics have you been have you been leveling have you been leveling your um your faction to level 10 that helped with a lot like that gives you a lot of i think i'm close i've been splitting a lot of extra orbs Granted, I think I think I've maybe been in the game a little less on average mm-hmm. than you guys too, because I know Mark has streamed it and you've clearly played some, um, you know, just like on your own. But uh, I, I've been splitting my time between two factions, so maybe I could have just shoved one of them to ten, and maybe would have would have could have come across uh, something shiny at this point. Yeah. But I yeah, I've been kind of splitting my time between the two between two or three yeah, of them. It's fine too. Yeah, interesting. Well, Gibby, tell us a little about your your card uh, your card you know, collecting journey then. Yeah. My card collecting journey might be a little bit more simplistic and, and uh, easy, easy to tell at this point uh, just because it's, it seems to have a little bit less complications, but uh, so my card collecting, I've wanted to try a couple different factions. And as we have talked about, if I think we've talked, said this specifically, you get orbs specifically as you are trying to, in the early stages of whatever faction you're playing, you get those specific factions orbs uh, to be able to unlock some cards. And so I've split my time amongst a couple of them because I wanted to build at least a little bit of a collection on a couple different factions. I wanted to find my favorite 
of the factions that way I could really kind of spend some time and take that one far and it feel like I was having a good time doing it. Um, so of the three that I've played so far, I've played the Vanar, which are the kind of the icicle um, frozen people in the tundra. Uh, I've played the Magmar aspects, which Ian has touched on uh, some of the kind of the lizard people. I actually thought they were like golems or like kind of emerald or jade stone kind of people, but he's telling me that they're lizard people. So I'll, I'm, we're going to go with lizard people from now on. Okay. Uh, and, and then I've played Songhai, which are more of like the evil Noxus empire. If we're going to akin it to, uh, to, to legends of Runeterra. They're even the same colors in that way, but they've got a bunch of different mm-hmm. blades. Everyone seems to have more than two hands and uh, yeah. they like to hit you from behind, which also made me think of Scorpion from Legends yeah, of the Five that, Rings. That's kind of what I felt like. Yeah, so I was like, I'm, I'm naturally going to gravitate towards this, uh, but I've had a really good time deck building. I think this game similar to, and Ian made this comparison earlier, it's, it strikes a similar balance to Hearthstone in terms of pacing of trying to balance your deck amongst the kind of different cost levels to make sure you're not weak at any point in the game, depending on what the objective of your deck is, but to make sure that you aren't stacking too heavy on, on low drops. Uh, there are decks out there. I know that are, are rather aggressive and they do want to hit you in the face. They use their, they leverage their general for the attack because they do want to be able to hit you a lot early and their minions are going to hit you a lot early. There's some swarm strategies, but I have I have found myself to play a little bit more of a mid rangey style, and maybe a little bit more of a tricky, uh, reactive play style seems to be the way that I like to play this game because I don't know what all of the possibilities are yet, and I'm not as familiar with the card pool. I have found myself saying, "Okay, what?" Looking at my hand and looking at what I've got on board, and trying to figure out what is the best or most optimal play for the information I have in front of me, which I think is a good perspective to have as a new player um it may not necessarily be the best if you are trying to get to a high level quickly but i think it will help me not lose games and be competitive with the limited information i have early while i am gaining that information of okay now i've seen this card in front of me i've seen um when i play this this can work against this this doesn't work against this this is weak against this faction because I'm I'm kind of seeing the different um, differences. Every every faction has their own identity. So um, deck building has been really fun trying to build around the identities of the three factions that I've played, which I love that they have their own um, kind of keywords that really identify them and some, some themes. I think that is a good sign for any early card game is that they have themes. And we've made that complaint in Legends of Runeterra quite often is that there's not enough that, that they lost some of the identity amongst each of the different factions. What I will say was, as we're kind of comparing it to other games, I was counting in my head how many factions Hearthstone had, and there was around eight or nine, depending on the time frame, I think. I'm wishing that there were a couple more in this game. I'm wishing mm-hmm. that there were a couple more factions, so that way it, there was a bit more variety, that the corporal was a bit bigger. I think, it, I think that makes the neutral card set a little bit more impactful as well. Um, but I, overall, I've had a really good time building decks around the cards that I've pulled. I have not spent any money on the game yet. Similar to, to DBN, I want to make sure, and I'm sure you as well, Mark, uh, I want to make sure that if I'm going to spend money on any cards or if I'm going to spend money on anything, 
in game that it is a smart decision. And I just don't think I have enough information yet or an understanding of what I would be buying into where if my money could be used somewhere else in the game in a better way. So I'm still gathering information. I may spend money on the game. It's not that I'm saying that I won't. I just want a little bit more understanding as to what that would go in so that way it's impactful. Yeah, no, no, I I totally get that. And I kind of feel similar. Uh, I haven't spent any money on the game. My card, my card, like uh, crafting and building journey is was helped out a little bit by people who were watching me stream the game. And they were like, hey, you know, you should really craft that card. And also one of the first games I went into, I played against Magmar and I got absolutely trounced by a couple of uh, specific creatures. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I want that guy. It was, it was like, uh, yeah, I'm going to need I'm going to need to pick up that one because that guy was just, you know, was really, really strong. And so I crafted a couple of good ones there. I do think that the drop rate for good cards to me seems to be higher in this game than in a game like Hearthstone. And I think that's one of the ways that it saves its economy. Now, I did have once again, I talked to a couple of people about this game and a couple of those people have said, hey, yeah. Like I already have built out my full collection, but I didn't really get into the context of like, well, how much money did you spend? How many hours do you play this game? It definitely seems like the type of game that would be challenging to finish a collection casually, but it also kind of feels like there's not an enormous card pool. Like I feel like the card pool, I mean, each faction seems to only have a couple of legendaries. Granted, you need three copies, but, and it's, you know, the first set for this game. I don't know how frequently I think the team on this game is a little smaller, so I don't know how frequently they can release new cards, but it does feel possible to be able to build out a collection in this game playing free to play. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that this game really has going for it that makes it that way is the fact that, um, so many of the the cards that I have found anyway so far in this game that you need, at least in the beginning, are cards that are pretty inexpensive. Like, there's sure. a lot of very good, cheap cards. Mm -hmm. um, like, in terms of the rarity, right? A lot of cards, um, you, don't, you don't need a lot of, uh, you know, whatever gems or dust or whatever it is that you're using to craft them and so uh for me my crafting journey i like i think i went in and pretty quickly right up to that copied uh or made three copies of dancing blades um dancing blades is a really strong neutral um just a, a five cost um deal three damage to the minion in front of you uh, as it turns out that's just really freaking good um and so i i've just like slotted those into my decks and ran with it and i've been playing magmar and i've been feeling like with my magmar deck i've been fine like and i don't own uh i think the couple of the epics and even a couple of the legendaries that are supposedly kind of like the best cards in the set um i i just don't have them and that hasn't really been a problem for me so yeah i, I think overall i'm i'm pretty impressed by the the economy of the game itself i think is pretty good it doesn't feel i don't know it, it doesn't feel like i can't get the cards that i need right and the legendaries don't feel so centric like they're powerful but it, they're not like Tyrion forge ring in hearthstone right where it's like well you can't play paladin without that card um 
it, I haven't really had that experience. I felt like, nope, the neutrals and, you know, the rares are good enough that you can really build the base of the deck. And maybe you aren't tuned a hundred percent to be the best version of that deck, but you're not severely punished for that either. Right. Real quick, since we were kind of on the on the topic of cards, I might be putting you guys on the spot saying this, but what what do you think about going around and saying what our two favorite cards are so far that we have found in the game? Oh, I can do that. Uh, so I played a lot of the Paladin faction in the beginning, uh, like the, the, the one that you kind of yeah, Lionar, the one you kind of start with. Um, and I, but I played. Um, then I went to Magmar, so I've played those two factions a lot. I think Dancing Blades has been my favorite card, the neutral that I had just got done talking about. Mm -hmm. um, but then I, I got one in Lionar. I got two copies of this card. It was a legendary. Got two copies of it. And they are um, they are uh, like deal five to a minion and heal five. Uh, I think it costs five, deal five, heal five. Uh, really like, honestly, just thought that was really, really strong. So... Wow. Yeah, I like that one too. Those have kind of been my two favorites so far. Deviant, what about you? Well, I know what yours is, so I won't steal it. Good, uh, <laughs> good. Don't. I got you, buddy. Um, so I, what I'll do here is I will give you my favorite uh faction card and my favorite neutral. Um, so far. Well. Um, so it'll actually be my second favorite neutral, but that's okay. So my first, my you can favorite have it. You can faction have it. I'll pick card. Another one. No, 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 no. My favorite faction card is uh dampening wave for Magmar. That's uh, a really good one. Zero mana spell. This uh, given minion, this cannot counterattack. That has been a core piece of my ability to stomp people uh, with uh tempo Magmar and just, um, you know, that that's just huge to not be able to counterattack. And uh, I, I've been really, just i love that card every time it's in my hand i'm like okay what chaos can i cause and that's great um and then my favorite neutral so far i don't even think it's probably a very good card overall but it's been a great combo for me in this very early budget phase which mm -hmm. is the azure horn shaman uh and the oh, azure horn one? shaman is a is two goat man uh yeah he's, he's kind like of a goat man energy yeah okay so goat man with blue energy i think i have one of him yeah, he's a two mana one four, so very little attack, but a ton of defense. And his ability is uh, dying wish slash death rattle slash <laughs> last gasp slash yeah. you know all of the the different insert. <laughs> what insert was the Tesla one? Here. Tesla one had another one too. Or um, anyways, um, so his his uh, death rattle is. Uh, give nearby allied minions plus four defense permanently. So permanent plus four defense to everyone next to him when he dies. So what's what I've liked about him is uh, he tends to get ignored because nobody wants to kill him and he's not really a threat because he only has one attack. So you can just walk around and start like tapping people and eventually they'll he'll die to his own, you know, uh, the own retribution or, or whatever it's called, the uh, counter strike. But yep. what is re and, and people play around it really well. I've noticed they're like, OK, I'm going to set up a trade so that when I kill it, nobody's nearby. They'll try to do that. But the, what that's doing is making them do suboptimal plays to deal with this guy who's only a two mana super minor investment. 
And then the combo that I love has been natural selection, which seems to be one of the best, like the staple removal cards in Magmar, which is destroy a minion with the lowest attack. Blow up yep. your own shaman when you can set up everything around him and give all of your guys around him plus four defense for a four mana combo. Like, and theoretically, it will often happen. I'll have one sitting on the board since turn two, and they'll be turn five or six, and nobody's wanted to get rid of him. Nobody's had to. But then I will play a couple guys around him and then blow him up with natural selection. It's been a really fun combo. It's won me a couple games. So that's been my favorite. Azure Horn Shaman. Probably trash at high levels, but I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I know we're getting close on time here towards wrapping it up, but um, I'll go ahead and hit hit mine real quick. The one that you uh, so kindly reserved for me that I mentioned earlier as a neutral is called the Repulsor Beast. It is a three cost. I think it's a three, two basically says when you comes down um you can take an enemy minion that it is adjacent to and you can throw it anywhere on the board so you take their big minion they just spend a bunch of money to drop and you put your repulsor beast next to them and you send that bad boy to the upper room all the way into the other corner of the map and then it takes them at least four turns minimum usually to get back to where the battle is um and then you can just if you pull another repulsor beast you can do it again and it's so great uh that lionar card that's really strong where it's like a one five but it becomes a three five if it's next to the champion Mm -hmm. or next to the general i sent i sent this poor guy's thing to my corner um because i'm like i'm not scared of that guy walking in behind me i sent him to my own corner so he'd never get back to the battle and then i he finally got back and i sent him again right it's just it's It's so funny so it's a really good card and especially for for uh late tempo decks or mid-range decks where you're trying to snowball it is a really good card because it kind of staves especially if you play it early it staves off some of their ability to uh deal with some of your early game threats until you're ready for them to kind of do their damage um my other card uh i think my favorite faction so far has been Songhai, like I, the the scorpion-esque faction with a lot of tricks and things um so i've really liked my five cost scarlet viper uh who is a common as well both these cards are commons that i mentioned which is really nice uh it's a five cost three attack five defense with flying and backstab backstab being if you deal damage to somebody then it um it deals damage to somebody then they don't strike back on you and it deals extra damage so uh, those have been my favorites that's awesome that's awesome well i think overall the card crafting journey that we've had has been i think we would all say similar to hearthstone i think the nature of it has yep. been similar to hearthstone and i think they've accelerated it a bit a bunch i think in comparison to more modern digital card games like looking at snap like looking at root Terra, the card collection of this feels dated in my opinion Uh, It feels older, but I don't necessarily think that is even a bad thing. Um, I, I haven't hated it. It hasn't been felt to me to be like overwhelmingly negative in any way. Um, And so, yeah, that, uh, you know, I think wrapping up, if you like the Hearthstone card collecting, I think that you'll like this one. Um, and uh, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in and listening. We'll be back uh, next week. We're going to have another conversation about uh, Duelist, and we'll talk a little bit about how the meta is shaping up for us and uh, our impressions of it as we are working through week three. If you're playing it with us, stop over to the Discord and let us know uh, what your experience has been like. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and be sure to come back again next week. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Legends Cast. You can join our podcast community by joining Discord using the link in the description of this episode. You can become a supporter of the show by visiting patreon.com slash camplegend. And don't forget to check out all of the other shows in the Camp Legend Podcast Network.